0: If you haven't signed up for the Discord channel, please do so at majordomamedia.com. A link will take you to our wonderful community. If you don't want to interact with that community and you are there just for the discount codes, I don't blame you sometimes. (laughs) You can use that discount code 10% off from Momofuku stuff to get the two new flavors from Momofuku, the sweet and spicy and the spicy chili. And of course, all of our pantry items available at Sprouts now, which is not on the east coast, but California, Colorado, a Staple, Whole Foods, Target, basically all the great supermarkets, I think, and grocery stores. 10% off any day cookware. I just used that today for my son's pasta that he's going to take to school today. 20% off Athletic Brewing, 40% off Commuter Coffee, 15% off East Fork Pottery, and that's it. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang show, part of the ring of podcast network presented by major dominion. Thank you. A lot, Tango. As always, I was told to never say this to anybody. You look tired, <laughs> but I'm staring at Chris Yang and you look really tired. What
1: happened? Um, uh, six years ago,
0: were you blowing I, uh, lines of cocaine?
1: <laughs> no, I, w- I wish that was why I was tired. No, six years ago, I impregnated my wife. And uh, <laughs> I haven't slept ever since, basically. That's what's happening to me. Oh, man. Great. <laughs> I woke- did, your, are your kids, early on, you said to me, the kids are not allowed to sleep. You'll read and snuggle with them in the bed, but they're never allowed to sleep in there.
0: Yeah, they don't go to sleep with us. But Hugo now wakes up. Yeah. And he scares me because you know what he does? He pets my head <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait He just
0: comes and He, in he goes like this <laughs> Okay And you wake up And it's like Three or four in the morning I'm like
1: oh. Okay Cause Ruby comes in And rubs my belly And then I, I woke, Who wouldn't up, I, Who I wouldn't mean, want it? It's to. good luck It is good luck I woke, I'm woke. i tired Cause I woke up this morning At like five And I looked around And there were four people In my bed you get up like, at five? Yeah
0: What time we you go to bed?
1: 11.30 11 Yeah
0: I got up at five o'clock.
1: You Intentionally. Up? You stay up?
0: No. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I, I did the whole thing. I worked out. Dude. You've
1: been turning, seven. I think you've been turning over a new leaf and it looks like it's been sticking. Trying to. Yeah. Get yeah. those numbers. Get those numbers down. <laughs> yeah. get, that, get that part. Trying to live
0: longer. <laughs> this is going to turn into one of those uh, tech bro fitness podcasts <laughs> where we're going to get Huberman and Peter Atiyah. And we're going to say,
1: you need to take creatine 24 yeah. times a day. We're going to get your life expectancy up, and we're going to get all those other numbers uh, Let down. me tell you how I like to warm up. I only like using kettlebells. And dildos. <laughs> <laughs> but dildo is a remarkable tool. Yeah, and neither one for the reason you think. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. I was just uh, commenting before we got into the studio that my sons have gotten us sick year-round. I've had a hell of a time getting healthy. It's been a rough, rough year rough for you. Rough year for, yeah. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of stuff. A lot of lot. COVID, herniated discs. Concussion? Uh, concussion, Car, the car accident. Eye infection multiple times. Blown eardrum. What was that Remember? one? Remember? I blew up my right eardrum. Oh, that's right. No idea how that happened. Pretty sure I had the stomach flu this past Labor Day. My best Labor Day I ever had. I never left the house. It was a real indoorsman, but not by choice. Not by choice. A lot of looking outside, being like, I don't, you know, here's the thing. When you're so indoors, you look outside, you're like, I have no idea what temperature it is. At.
1: <laughs> it's true. Especially in LA, you look outside, you're like, it could be 106 or it could be 74. So doesn't, doesn't matter to no me idea. whatsoever. <laughs> All right. We're going to do a
0: three things, a slice of life, and then ask Dave into a quick moif. Let's get into the three things. Three moments in history. I would like to time travel and see. Oh, I like this. I mean, are there any exceptions, things that are carved out? Like you can't go to the dawn of time to see amoeba. I mean, I don't think, let's, let's go, let's play no rules. No, I rules. mean, like,
1: and like, is religion just straight out? Well, what do you want to see? You want to be like, you want to see Buddha? You want to see Jesus? You want to see what's, I mean, what that would see? solve
0: a lot of questions. <laughs> And if I was able to video record it and get
1: evidence. Okay, so that's a, okay, okay, rules, 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 rules. No video recording. No video recording. So you can't come back, if you come back, and, and this is like a solo travel mission, like you're going in the basement, you cannot go back and be like, guys, I met Jesus. Dude's not who you think. No one, there's no coming back and like changing things.
0: Yeah, but I mean, what am I, if I saw, if I saw like Sermon on the Mount, it would be like, you know, life of Brian, like Monty Python. to be like, I can't hear him.
1: No, you're, you're traveling back in time as an observer. You cannot affect the things happening. You're just going to see it.
0: Yeah. But then what, if I come back to time and I verify it, what I'm going to,
1: that's, that's the frustrating part. Isn't it?
0: He has risen. He is true. (laughs) (laughs) Or I could be like, you know, John Smith. I'd be like, I would go back and be like, I knew you didn't have these fucking towers. <laughs> I
1: knew you didn't. Now I can't. Have Just give all me a these, wink. Now I can't have all these wives, dude. <laughs> come on, man. No, you cannot. You can't go. You can't video record and come back with photographic evidence of something. But you can, if you go back, and you're like, oh, dude, rose from the guy. Guy who lived behind the rock for a couple of days and came out. Then you can change your life. You can be like, now I'm a Jesus boy, and I can't affect anything. No. You're what's, just watching. That's the point. You're I'm really, going to have that soon with
0: Apple goggles.
1: You're 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 a pervy little time traveling voyeur. You're just watching. Just watch. You just like to watch.
0: Well, that's not fun. <laughs> that's sicko. <laughs> that is not fun at all. I mean, I'd like to see you know the completion of one of the pyramids and be like the opening ceremony. <laughs> like the I would like to see the last brick and the you know. The, the Acropolis. Oh, like,
1: that's that it. it. <laughs> but like, so what do you think that's like? If you go back to see the completion of a pyramid, like the pyramids took like hundreds of years after the Pharaoh died. So do you think there was a bunch of pomp and circumstance of this guy let who me died tell 200 you, years
0: ago? Me, you know, I'm going to go back. Let's just focus on this. And it's pretty clear. It's going to go back in time. And these are going to be three moments that I think are going to be unequivocally true to everybody. I want to go back in time to to do a forensic analysis of what we've spoken about before. <laughs> the first time someone invented cheese yeah. by accident, <laughs> right? <gasps> <Huh>? oh. <Ooh. laughs> All, All right. God. It's exactly just to repeat. It's like Chris and I were told by our <laughs> parents to like milk the water buffalo and bring it over to right. our, you know, the, the straight, as
1: dowry present to head straight yeah. to the other town. Yeah. W- with a fresh. Do not milk.
0: fuck around. But instead, we just putched around eight fucking Late hallucinogenic up. mushrooms. roll around the <laughs> grass. All day. Just. And then we looked at the sun setting. We're like, oh, shit, Chris. <laughs> we're going to get in a lot of trouble by elders. Dude, something happened to the milk. Yeah. <laughs> the milk's all chunky. Exactly. I just want to verify that that happened.
1: How about this? Is there any cool thing you would want to see, like sporting event? Is there a a performance of some sort you would want to be there for?
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean now I like everything from uh from my like watching from my couch.
1: <laughs> this is true. You kind know? of rules it out a little bit. It
0: rules that. You do like that. Ta- Why would I want to go watch the Taylor Swift concert when it's going to be on TV soon? It's
1: going to be much better. I assume you weren't going to use this time machine to travel back two weeks to when Taylor Swift was playing well, I mean, the concert. I just saw some of it on YouTube
0: the other day. I'm like, well, this is a much better view than I would have had before
1: if I actually I would it. I would have used my time machine to go back four weeks so I could get tickets to that concert I missed.
0: I want to go back. I'm going to stick this to food. I want to go back to the.
1: First person that, again, created Puff Pastry, that mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. that we can't remember. Do you want to see the first one coming out of the oven and be like, oh, my God. Uh, the, the first
0: idea was like, was it just a beautiful mine? Or was it just, or was it just like, I don't know. <laughs> but if I fold it here and I turn it. Or if it was just sheer accident, it was like Forrest Gump like accident.
1: I think we had, I think when we, when we had done the exploration of what puff pastry was, I think we had characterized it as just like a dumbass pastry apprentice, just who kept screwing up.
0: I mean, there's so many if you just do food. I want to go to see like if red sauce was actually invented in China in the Yunnan province
1: as foretold and by. You. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I want to go back in time to see the first sort of uh, dawn in, in, uh, in Moderna. Be like, I got an idea. Let's take these shit fucking grapes. <laughs> and we're just going to like hose everybody right. by like creating this whole thing about balsamic vinegar.
1: Right. And we're going to drive. Do you the think was- <laughs> nicest cars in
0: the world because of it?
1: <laughs> Do you think it was that calculator? Or do you think they're like, oh my God, we made the world's worst, worst wine. Let's just hide, it well, hide I, it. well,
0: all of that could, to me, I, I'm not even worried about that. I want to go with the first person be like, aha.
1: <laughs> the first person who opened the, the cellar after 12 yeah. years and was like, oh my God, let's get a Maserati. <laughs> yeah.
0: I want to also go back to the first time we've talked about this before. The first time, whether it's the Mayan or the Aztec culture or like, whoa. It's not the first person that opened up the cacao fruit, not the first person that decided to ferment it, but the first person was like, huh, if I do this, this, and this, and this, mm-hmm. it turns into a, a be- you know, beautiful chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to go back just to have that first argument. And again, the somewhere in South America, mm-hmm. the first argument really was. Where some, the future uh, genetics of the Hefeweizen principle were planted here. You know, I, I believe Jared Diamond wrote about it in Guns, Germs, and Chocolate. Steel, <laughs> yeah. Where a future orange wine drinker said, <laughs> dark chocolate's better, dude. I want to see that. <laughs> That first conversation be like,
1: it's yin and yang. We can't, you know, I thought you wanted to just travel back in time to somebody in their twenties being like, you know what? I love orange wine. Just be like, you do. I'll record that for you. What about, what about the first person? We talked about this a little bit. The first person who was like, dude, you know, that crazy ass, like wiggly jelly looking sea creature, sea enema. I'm going to eat that thing. Yeah. The first sea cucumber. (laughs) I'm going to eat that thing. (laughs) I believe, again, with a
0: lot of evidence and data and a lot of oral tradition, <laughs> I've learned that the first, I want to see if, to, to, to make sure that my research is backed by visual evidence. Sure. That the first person that decided to eat sienna or a sea cucumber,
1: sea anemone. Sienna.
0: Right? One of those things that look like a, uh, um a D-bag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you want to see the evidence of the first person who was like like an alien phallic <laughs> symbol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 an aquatic sure, it looks like a Martian dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see where that first time
0: someone was like, huh. I definitely want to eat that. But it was probably like this tastes
1: terrible. You want to try it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in all likelihood, it was like six dudes that look like us. (laughs) I I agree. I dare you. (laughs) I agree.
0: Or that first time when someone was like, you know, man, you know what tastes better? If we cook that fucking. meat? (laughs) These are all the times I'd go back. That's it. I think it's a definitive list. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: All right. All right, let's take a break.
0: Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Apply for Apple Card in the wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman
1: Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Daily cash is available via Apple Cash Card issued by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC, or as a statement credit. Terms and more at applecard.com.
2: A slice of life segment.
0: Here it is. This is a larger one. We should talk about movies too, right? Mm. I was watching a few good men because I was listening to the rewatchables and I actually own a few good men. And one of my favorite parts of the scene is they're in DC. Mm -hmm. They go to a crab house, but they're eating Dungeness crabs. (laughs) Most people wouldn't give a shit. But I do. It's hugely problematic. hugely problematic. (laughs) These big, voluptuous, giant fucking crabs. That's not a blue crab. You know, it's like things that are just generic. Can I get crab? We're at a crab house. Doesn't matter. Yeah. There are other TV shows and movies where someone walks into a bar and is like, give me a beer. Mm -hmm. And they get a beer. I've now learned, especially since we've made TV, a lot of times it's the same reason that we've had to deal with that you can't get the rights there's maybe you do, but the network or the has a has a deal with another beer company, so you can't do it, so it's just beer so oftentimes beer is the same time a telephone in a movie phone numbers like starts with five 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 five
1: five It's just the generic
0: right but I think that when you walk into a bar or restaurant, everyone's being judged all the time. Whatever you say in your mouth, you could say whatever to the bartender when you walk up to a bar. Whatever you say to to them, they they hear it as, can I have a beer? Can I have a scotch? Uh And I think they're so good at typecasting you as to what you want to drink that they've already made the decision. They've calculated exactly what you're going to drink before you even make the, <laughs> the, the, the order. Can I have a scotch? I knew you were going to say that. And you don't have to tell me what kind of scotch because I know what kind of scotch. You're uh-huh. one of those Glenn Liven motherfuckers. You, you are definitely on the Negroni drinking face. Right? right? So this is a, an addendum to the Hefeweizen principle.
1: Uh-huh. So it's it's like,
0: and it's really the power of the bartender that mm-hmm. can make the decision before you. So again, whatever you think you're going to say or even to the server, whatever you think you're going to say, they hear it like a peanuts character. They're not hearing anything you're saying. Right. Because effectively you're just saying, "Can I get a beer? Can I get Can I get a steak?" <laughs> <laughs> Give me your steak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know? We already know what kind of steak you're going to get. You are going to get a filet mignon. And you are going to get filet mignon on the bone. And you are going to get a filet mignon butterfly. Okay. And you are the foodie of the group. <laughs> are going to get the hanger steak, but you're going to tell everybody that you call it onglet. And did you know that it's the butcher's cut?
1: So, you're, so, so based on this movie trope of anybody walks into, their, into a bar and says, give me a beer. And like the, 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 the beer just slides on the table. No question of like, what do you mean? Give me no brand of beer or whatever. You're taking that moment and extrapolating it to say, actually, bartenders, if you just said, give me a beer, can probably look you up and down and be like, oh, hello, tech worker getting off your shift. Here's the hoppiest IPA we have.
2: Yeah, of course. (laughs) No,
1: here's a Pliny the elder (laughs) junior. I just so happen to have one more for you, sir. Uh, what do you,
0: what, what do you so think? So I just want, again, a little bit, this is a, a continuation of the excuse me principle as well. Mm-hmm. I just think that we should let loose the shackles of bartenders and servers and just let them judge you with yeah. what you want to order.
1: I mean, how often do you think a bartender is actually, if, if you're standing behind the bar and you're at a busy bar, What percentage of the time do you think reality a bartender is actually surprised by somebody's order? Zero.
0: (laughs) Zero. And more importantly, this is something servers will know and they'll laugh. Maybe they won't, but they know exactly the motherfuckers that are (laughs) tap still sparkling. They know they walk up to the table like, Oh shit. I'm going to have to go downstairs and get that goddamn box of sparkling water. That
1: extra because these fucking table, well, so, I, I I agree they have that sh- that superpower, but to that exact point, every time I go to a restaurant with, like, my my parents and my family, my immediate family would go to a restaurant and they ask me, like, taps, you know, taps still are sparkling. I'm like, what do you think we're going to get? We're getting tap water. Look at <laughs> like
0: It used to be, can I just have water? Yeah. This bottle water situation is a relatively new phenomenon. It is. And now it's it's tap, but it's filtered
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now it's now filtered water is now the house water yes but if you say tap water you get filtered water yeah but you can still get bottle water
1: yes because you can also get sparkling out of a tap too out of the house house sparkling but you can also order your specific one and
0: and because of this some people if it's a Again, if I was a server and it was a European person, I'd be like, oh, fuck. I got to go downstairs. And, oh, I'm not typecasting. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs>
1: They're not going to want cold. I got to go downstairs and get the goddamn room temp one. Typecast this situation for me. What is the situation when you're at a table? I know this is not your default. What is the situation when somebody's ordering bottled still?
0: I think peop- I, th- I think a great server can decipher that. <laughs> They'll know. You know that there's that scene in Goodwill Hunting when Matt Damon's trying to teach people like how to play poker, how he knows what everyone has in terms of the hand without even looking at his own card. Mm -hmm. In
1: rounders. Rounders. Rounders, Yeah.
0: Rounders. That's what I think a great server. I I, I genuinely believe a server will know what they're going to order and what they're going to drink. Mm -hmm. And looking at an individual, if they're a tap bottled, bottled still.
1: Right. But like a bottled still to me is like you're, you're coming in with like a top and tails. <laughs> the bottled Monopoly still is probably guy. the
0: highest level to reach to yeah. decipher. That's yeah,
1: tough. It's tough, but they exist. Because <laughs> you're like, they you're exist. either a person
0: of extreme hey, means. There's only so many all-star
1: players in the world. <laughs> you're, you're either in a diner of extraordinary means or you have some kind of medical thing where you need the bottled still water.
0: You know, and, and it's always a problem, right? We're gonna we're gonna move on, but I'm just gonna bring a real dilemma that happens at, at a dinner table. I I've seen this when an entire table is drinking tap water mm-hmm. because I don't give a shit. I, I'll I'll just drink tap water because yep. I'm cheap like that. Yep, same. But somebody has to get tap. I mean, sparkling. I'm
2: like motherfucker.
0: <laughs> I mean. But really, if they, if, but if they break the seal on sparkling, then I'm like, fine. Then once that seal is broken, it's just like, yeah. then everyone's like, oh, yeah. then I guess I'll have some. We, and I'll have some. I'll get
1: customized cubes and now. Then you just
0: spend
1: $100 <laughs> on fucking tap water for a group of AP. Because the one person did it. Yeah. If you're the last to order, if, if everyone says, tap's fine for me, if you raise your hand to be like, actually sparkling, you know, a real sneaky move for servers or restaurants is
0: just straight up, would you like still or sparkling? And it's the equivalent of when you do this, I promise we're going to move on. But we could talk about this forever. <laughs> the equivalent of a server going up to a table being like, would you like still or sparkling? Uh-huh. And then I respond, oh, I'd love some still water. And they come with bottles of still this. tap water. This is the equivalent of when you sign up for something <laughs> on the, the internet, so like a newspaper or magazine, and you click all these boxes And they leave. They're like all red herrings. They're all red herrings. Would you like 24 hour daily reminders? Would you like up to the minute reminders? Would you like text messages? And the answer is no, 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 no. And then like the smallest fucking print. Yeah. They have. If you don't click this box, you're going to agree to all of these things. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's like that is equivalent. It's like letting a fucking vampire into your house. (laughs) Technically, you're not wrong. Right. The server's not wrong. They didn't do anything wrong. You agreed to tap water. I mean, you agreed to sparkling water and you agreed to still water. Technically, but you invited me technically, in. Technically, you have agreed to all of this. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but you're too embarrassed to say like, hey, you fucked yes. me.
1: So I'm, I'm too weak. I'm too weak when that happens. And that does happen. Still are sparkling and they come up with a bottled still. I'm too weak to be like, uh, actually, no, no, no. Tap is fine. But if you're a strong enough person to be like, dude, no. Tap. Tap still water. I salute you. Because you cannot overcome that.
0: People don't know. And, and here's the deal. I, I encourage everybody as a diner to, 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 to be strong. And if you are approached, and every restaurant does this, by the way, this move. Every restaurant, I think, can and try, should try to do it. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm pretty sure our restaurants do it. All right. It ain't our fault. You better know. Right. When a server is presented with someone that says, Would you like still or sparkling? We're like, no, I want fucking tap. You just say, I want tap. It's a red alert. You basically might as well tell the kitchen you have health department in the house. You know what I mean? They're like, you got a real knowledgeable diner here. It's like, I know what I want.
1: You're not going to fuck me and go fuck yourself. I love, I love that this is like an annoying thing to happen to a diner, but I agree with you. It's like in sports where it's like, listen, if the rule is there, I'm going to play the rule. And the rule says I can offer stiller sparkling and present a bottle. What am I not going to play the same game as everybody else? (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Because
0: I don't think, listen, I think many restaurants, truth be told, says they offer tap, Still or sparkling. They do. But they make it seem like if you order tap, you're you're a lesser human being. Right. They're like, Do you want tap or still or sparkling water? Anyway, to go back to this and we're gonna move on. I just want all of us to get to a point. Just say I want water, I want a beer, I want a whiskey, do you I think- want a steak. There's could be six fish. I'll
1: take the fish. <laughs> let's just treat everything you know, like a wedding menu you
0: know, even if you go to like a like a like a fast food restaurant just go to a, like say in and out there's only like three options I'll have a burger they're like which one you tell me
1: <laughs> you do you t- want cheese on that sir like you tell me it's like, it's like it's like real world cafe gratitude just like burger me now we got we got the double western bacon here would Lot- you like that uh, combo value milk you tell me. <laughs> All right. You leave it up to that. Let me ask you, last question on this, and we should move on. If you, Dave Chang, let's say, let's say nobody in the world knew your, your beer preferences. If you walk into a bar and say, give me a beer. I'll have think, an athletic light. You, but do you think the bartender looks you up and down and makes you out for the lightest, wateriest beer in the house? Do you think that that is? No. What do you think you're the default to you i guys? hope
0: I hope that when a bartender sees me. I hope they're my like, dream is that they're like one ching-dao! <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're gonna think this 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 motherfucker here, I I hope to be this sort of type cast. I hope that they see me and they are like, this guy wants the shittiest white wine on ice. <laughs> What's that? with a little bit of sparkling water. (laughs) Then I've done everything. I've, I've done everything in my life and it's time to depart this world.
1: (laughs) I don't, I think you might have to do a little work on that. I don't look at you and immediately think spritz. (laughs) This dude wants a spritz.
0: I mean, really the slice is a long way of getting to this slice of life segment. Is like the spritz is highly underrated. Oh my God. And I'm tired of being typecast for somebody that like spritz. And fruity goddamn cocktails. I'm so sick of it. I like fruity cocktails. I like fruit, fr- tropical fruit in my cocktail. All right. And I love a refreshing wine spritz. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, though. I don't want anything that's like overly harsh, but also, alternatively, I'll have a bone dried martini.
1: Playing, <laughs> playing. He's a complicated man. He's a man of many layers and a beer. <laughs> It's a chaser.
2: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can scare an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: Titled Losing Love for a Dish. Dear Dave, have you ever lost all interest in a dish you formerly <laughs> loved and labored to create? Why do you think that happens? Does it happen to everyone or only cooks? And if we change our minds about what good food means, quotation marks, do you know the food you are making today truly is delicious? Yours and food. Kim.s from Dallas, Texas. It was funny, I was talking to my kids yesterday. And literally talking to them because they are like, what do you do? Why do you cook so much? And I was like, you know, what's funny is by the time you're old enough to know, you will never have like eaten any of my food that I made
3: mm-hmm.
0: like 15 years ago, me, mm-hmm. I was a weirdly a much more technically and better cook than I am today. And they're never going to see the intricacies of things that we were making. And I love, I love that version of, of cooking. But I would say the dishes that people, you know, a lot of the stuff we were doing when we were open in Australia and et cetera, et cetera. But I would still think the dish that people most associate with me is probably the pork bun. Mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, every once in a while, I may have it once a year. Mm-hmm. I haven't had, had one in a while. I didn't invent it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but nobody was putting pork belly, and again, I had not been to Taiwan. We've talked about this a long time. Gua bao, I never, didn't even know what that was. Or serve it with hoisin, or maybe it happened, but definitely nobody had ever served it with ramen. It was all by accident. Little did I know that that was going to be the dish that everybody wanted to eat. Making pork, making that, the smell of pork, the the feel of pork fat. Nothing can kill your knife faster than cutting through pork and fat back. Like the whole process of working with pork really lost its luster for me. Mm. So the degree when if I have a steamed bun, I want to have a shiitake bun or a shrimp bun. It's funny because we cook, still cook a lot of pork in, in my house, but it's not, doesn't have, I would say in its entirety, pork as an ingredient, it's not even a dish, has lost that love and feeling.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But it, if I go to another place and eat it, it's like amazing. One of the I, I just had something from Adam Perry Lang recently where it was his he, he, he brined and smoked and grilled these pork chops, to pork. I thought it was one of the best things I've ever tasted. Infused mm. with apples and chili, just extremely complex and nuanced. So it can be delicious, but it's always something that I didn't make, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say the steam buns as a whole pork buns, especially I've lost all desire to eat. I think it happens to everybody. We've talked about this too. At some point you want to kill a dish. It's very similar. I, I, even though it's totally different art forms and creative forms between an artist that sings concerts and a chef that's playing their hits. It's one of the reasons why Ferran, Adria, even say Noma today, they change their menu. I would say Muguri still changes their menu seasonally. That's a lot of work to kill your menu every season. It's so hard. The reason you do that though, if you do that on the regular, no one can get attached to something and such a few group of people ever tasted it doesn't matter. That exists, very difficult to do. I think it's more difficult to actually, it's also very difficult, not more, to blend in the hits with new things. And it's not so different than when you're at a live concert and you're seeing one of your favorite bands and they start playing their new songs that you've never heard before. You're like, yeah, You know? Egh. And then it grows on you. And then that becomes one of your favorite songs. And then hopefully you have a catalog of great hits. You know, you hope to have a greatest hits like the Eagles or...
1: Something like that, but but it is a little different than that, right? Because you when you go to a concert and you're like, I have these eight favorite songs that this band plays, and I listen to them all the time. I hear them at home. I've heard them in concert. I come here and I want to hear them performed live. Except for a small group of people, you go to Noma Mugaritz, you go to LBU, whatever. For I would say for ninety percent of the people in the restaurant, it's the first time and only time. Yeah. right so everything is new they may have heard of the dish well, but they never I, tasted I, it
0: i think there's a difference between restaurants again that are dining and eating and i think there's a blend of restaurants that are both and i would probably think bomo for a long time was a blend of both right it's a it's almost like a cafeteria and not a cafeteria at the same time it's both and that's what i wanted to make it accessible but also challenging and delicious so there's a way to do it But I do think for me, maybe there's a better analogy. It's always, I've always thought about it when you're going to see a show.
1: I'm just saying that the the pressure on the, like, I was mostly saying it because like (laughs) that pressure that you and chefs put on yourselves to be novel and new and integrate the old and the new is so much harder. It's so much to do when a band can just go out there and play. No,
0: but I'm saying from the, if you're making something where people know. Yeah. Right, If you're making food that people know it and then you're changing it up, yeah. then it's very difficult. And I always go back to WD-50 when Steve Plotnicki got really pointed, I would say, at WD. Because Wiley on the opening menu had a dish of cod with smoked potatoes and uh, paprika oil. Piperot. So it was like a, almost like a slow roast of uh, red pepper. You know, delicious. And there was pimentone, super good dish. And it was one of those dishes that it could clearly be a signature. And Wiley was like, fuck you guys. And he took it right off the menu. And I think that it is, is very difficult to do. And he did that all the time to dishes I loved. Yeah. Chicken ball, I love the chicken ball with egg yolk and mole paper with carrots. I can th- I mean, I had that this many times. Whenever I had it too many times, Wiley would be like, I was almost like a barometer, so WD would be like, no, I'm taking that off the menu. And it it'd be really frustrating. But I think the longing of that is is what's awesome. I mean I think Keller actually had a really good point when he was doing his philosophy for a tasting menu. He was saying that he wanted it just enough food and deliciousness where you're longing for it when it's gone, Mm. right? That is the only trump card I think a chef can play is the threat or not even threat the the idea that I'm not going to take it away from you, but you're only having so much because it's not just in food. We all, this is just the central thesis in humanity. We want what we can't have. Mm -hmm. And when you've just consumed it and you want more, that longing is what, makes you want to come back. I think it's a very difficult thing to do on the regular. And it's quite difficult to do when you have regulars that come in and then you change it. And then you have restaurants like, say, Le Bernardin that you can get anything on the menu. I hope Eric's, I'm not going to call him chef. He gets so fucking pissed if I call him chef. Eric won't get mad. But like, basically, if you've been a regular for a long time, you can get every dish that's ever been made at Le Bernardin. And some restaurants are just go above and beyond to give you everything that you want. That's also incredibly difficult to do, but it doesn't have to be that it could just be your local diner. It's like, okay, they, it doesn't have to be a high fancy restaurant. It can just be anything where if you start to change things, people get pissed. I think when I was growing up, Literally Coca-Cola changed our, they, the reason we have classic Coke today is because Coca-Cola, I think in 1987 changed the new Coke. I love new Coke. <laughs> Pepsi came up with crystal Pepsi. People were pissed, right? Yeah. And if you change it, people don't like that change because I think it fucks with people's nostalgia.
1: So really interesting. I, I never thought about, you know, what you just said in terms of if you give them, <laughs> people want more of something they like, but if you give it to them, like that, you're killing yourself, basically. Because when it comes to food, there's only two sides. There's only two sides of the coin. There is desire and longing for it. And then the other side is being full and tired and bored of it. There's no, like, there's no middle where it's a perfect amount of satiation and you're happy. Because you want, you want more. And that's yeah, the only place the, you want to leave the,
0: them. The hardest part is to find when it's the right amount. You know?
1: You got to leave enough. them wanting rather than yeah. leaving them tired of what you're giving them
0: just enough right and that's really difficult to ascertain and it's very difficult to find a dish where it's good in its small quantities mm-hmm. right like if i was going to have oysters and pearls which i think is you know thomas keller's best dish and most of his great dishes are the canapé section I and mean, people can argue but I
1: mean, there. But it was all you can eat oysters and pearls.
0: No, you lose. I mean, if it was a larger course, no. There's only two trimmed oysters. There's probably a, you know, I don't know, ten grams, twenty grams of caviar. Tablespoon of tapioca pearls. You know, just enough sauce to cover it. It's two, three tablespoons tops. If I had more. Probably not as delicious. You, you remember it differently. So I don't know, you know.
1: What about, so for this original question, where do you, obviously, this is the the hallmark of so many amazing chefs around the world. Like you, you constantly need to change. You constantly need to be like, fuck you, you can't have that anymore. Where does the sort of shokunin, otaku kind of like single-minded craftsman cook lie on this like do you think that the jiros of the world are insanely bored of doing the same thing every day no it's it's different i
0: i promise you know that we would go into different schools of cooking and there's two different approaches i think before you even get to the style of chefs and the schools of chefs you need to really look at the as a spectrum you have one that wants to master their art and their craft. And that is what Chris means by Shokunin, right? When you become a master of it. And the other end, you have people that want to, I always say the equivalent of, it's like in anything like science or physics or medicine, you have theoretical and you have experience. I mean, experimental, right? And I feel like we're talking about Oppenheimer, right? Experimental, you're doing the same thing over and over and you're testing something. And that maybe that's not the most accurate fucking way of thinking about it. But you have people that want to do something over and over and over again because the thought of perfection is what they're chasing, Mm -hmm. right? And it's a nuance of, oh, I can get a better piece of fish here and a different grain here and I can get a sweeter pH balance, but whatever. And it's all of those things that create this sublime, not perfect, but again, that pursuit of perfection. And it's a constant work towards that. Every day a little bit better. It's the Japanese principle of like Kaizen. Like every day just a little bit better. And then you, on the other hand, you have people that, when I think about medicine, it's people that want to cure cancer. They're going to be pushing the envelope. They want to do daring things. The prospect of just doing daily routine every day bores the shit out of them. Hmm. And I think that's the first level of understanding of like sort of what kind of chef you want to be. And I've always admired the people that can do one thing extremely well. And the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that I've always thought that if you try to do one thing, and not just one thing, but one form of cooking as relatively boring. But what I didn't see was the ways, it's the ultimate, in a lot of ways, the ultimate way to express yourself because we talked about Chris Bianca before. Like I can taste his pizza and know that it's Chris. To be able to imprint your personality on dishes that are well known to everybody, that is such a fucking difficult mountain to climb. And I have so much respect for that. And even like, say sushi, if I could go to different sushi shops with my eyes closed, with enough, I'd be like, okay, that is Saito and that's Masamoto or whatever, whatever. So like you'd be able to taste that difference. And I think for the diner and the chef, there's a very few people that would even appreciate that. On the other hand, I think the failure rate is much higher to do the creative, super creative stuff. And I think a good, a good balance for me, and then we'll move on, is one of the reasons why I I look at the next level is I think the the school of chefs. And I'm thinking just on the Western culinary canon, particularly French, because we live in a French codified culinary world for the most part. I say like you have. Freddie Giraudet and Robichon, and that school of thought, right? Is very meticulous and methodical, and no deviation. And it's getting the exact ingredients exactly the way. And it's like mastery over nature and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and perfect technique. And it's precision. It's like fucking like a Swiss watch. It's boom, boom, boom. I, I love that. Very difficult to do. But all of this is very difficult to do in master. On the other hand, you know, say someone like Arpege or Gagnier or Barbeau. I understand that a lot of people may not like that school, which is more free-flowing. I wouldn't say it's like jazz or anything like that or like Ornette Coleman. It's not fusion experiential, but experimental, I mean. I would probably say that it's a lot more improvising a lot more in the moment. And the criticism of that style of cooking is it's wildly inconsistent. <laughs> right. People can go to Arpegg and have the worst meal of their lives or the best meal of their lives. People can. I like that gamble. I was just
1: going to say it's a gamble. And people thing.
0: like going to say, like people like going to La Bernadette because it's fucking like, I know I'm going to get exactly what I want. But for me, the, the, the peaks and valleys or sort of, I can see it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about dining out at that level, I literally think about like, okay, like when I mean peaks and valleys, like if this was a mountain peak, I can't, I can see how high it is. I know the elevation. I know the exact route to take, et cetera, et cetera. If I was, you know, metaphorically climbing it. The other end of the spectrum, the more improvising doesn't mean there's not technique, doesn't mean there's not like regimen and routine. It's like a different way of cooking altogether. I wouldn't say equally difficult. I can't see the fucking peak. I have no idea how high it is. Right. I have no idea at all. And I am a gambling man and I love the thrill as expensive as it could be potentially. And there's nothing worse than having a shitty feeling. or like, Oh, that wasn't that good. But which is why I'm an addict. But the, the, the prospect that I could have something so transcendent that it could alter my fucking universe is what compels me to go back time and time again, which is why for me, I put Pascal Barbeau as like, you know, the tops. I've talked to another chef and I love Pascal. He is the fucking, I, in my opinion, one of the world's great, great, great chefs. I've talked to other great chefs that are like, oh, that kind of cooking is just not something I could ever do. Alternatively, when I look at the precision of, say, the Robochon school, I'm like, oh, could never fucking do that. Mm. I would bore the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. So nobody has the right way of looking at it. So anyway, I didn't think we were going to talk about this with this. I don't even know if we've answered Kim's question, but
1: (laughs) I love, I love how you describe Barbo though. It's like, you're stepping off a cliff and you could either just plummet to your, plummet to the ground or you could be like, holy shit, I'm flying. I'm flying in the air. I'm in midair flying.
0: I, 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 for me, it was the best. I'm not going to say for anybody else. And I liked it because it was more of a distillation of, 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 of what Alain Passard did at Arpege for me. And then you can see different versions of that. Magnus Nielsen, highly influenced by Pascal Barbeau, right? And when he was at Favacan, So you can start to see the school, and nobody really follows exactly what their mentors did, but they do it in their different way. And, you know, when I think about Pascal's food. And he has arpege in Paris. And I think that it reopened. I've been so out of the loop on what's happening in Europe. There's a lot of dishes that might seem similar, but they're constantly changing and it's not the same ingredients. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's lemon verbena this time with, you know, the, the, the milfouille of the foie gras and the button mushrooms. And maybe next time it's going to be, you know, it's not, Yuzu, it's lemon verbena. Next time it's going to be Meyer lemon. I I don't know, but those may seem like insignificant changes, but they're pretty fucking big. Because then he's tailoring the dish to match certain things, no different than, say, a sushi chef. A really great one is changing the sweetness or the vinegar content of the rice to the fattiness of the fish. It's it's a lot.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Anyway, getting getting too deep into this. Take a break let's get into a MOIF. What we got, you know.
3: All right, fellas, thanks for joining us. Here we go. All right, so this is actually kind of like a MOIF slash Ask Dave combo, and it's going to lead to a little bit of a draft. From Anna T. On a road trip, multiple hours, one will inevitably have to stop for gas, snacks, etc. At the gas station, if you had to choose, one crunchy snack or chip, one sweet snack or candy, and one drink, which three do you choose? To make it interesting, I often exclude water and coffee as drink options. My answer varies right now, but I'll, I'll read off Anna's. She's going to go with the Frito barbecue twists, a root beer, and a Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie. But, fellas, let's hear it. Pick one from each section. So, once again, that's the crunchy snacker chip, a sweet snack or candy, and one drink. No water or coffee.
0: Well, I think it, you know, it depends on what, where you are in the world.
3: Oh, let's let's go United States,
0: right? Mm. but where, where in the United States? That also has a big part.
3: You know what? Let's do a road trip to Vegas since we've all done that, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought we would hopefully stay in the state of New Jersey <laughs> and Northern Pennsylvania
1: so I could choose Wawa's and call it
0: a Wawa's day. Wawa's
3: cheating. We can't do that.
1: No, we're talking about gas station, random, middle of nowhere, whatever, right? Nationally available. I mean, my, 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 my stuff is weird. I have, partic- I have particular rules about this. I don't like having greasy hands when I'm driving. And everything I do on a road trip, everything I consume, everything I listen to, everything I do on a road trip is built around not falling asleep. <laughs> because, like, I fall asleep driving all the time. So I don't, uh, I don't afford Very myself. for all people I, I not afford myself things that are going to like knock me out into. <laughs> can I'm, we make that as our pull <laughs> quote <laughs> video? I'm just, tra- I'm just trying to. I'm trying to keep people. Chris alive. You literally just says, "I fall asleep driving <laughs> all the time." I'm trying to keep people alive. I do fall asleep driving. So what? Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: Look, you're falling asleep now. I'm falling asleep. When oh, you're lower. narcoleptic. i asleep. By the way. People may not agree, but I have two friends that are narcoleptics or have narcolepsy. I think it's a fucking mutant power. I mean they're tired all day. They say like complain about it, but I'm like, you can go to sleep like on on just like a moment's notice.
1: It's, it's no it's like a mutant superpower you can't control. It's like Cyclops without his okay. glasses on. Doesn't matter. I'll take that any day if you were just Wolverine and just at random your claws would fly out of your hands I'd learn to
0: just, deal with that i keep everyone at arm's length
1: <laughs> which you already want to do anyway yeah. I don't know my My beverage is a sugar free energy drink of whatever sort unless what You're beast? an Arizona iced tea guy green because no, I'll I'll go into a, I'll go straight into a sugar diabetic coma. coma yeah I'll go into a diabetic coma immediately
0: he's also the creator of that one of the wealthiest people in America by the way really yeah He's like a billionaire. Of Arizona
1: under. iced tea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of just sugar water with no tea in it? Yeah. I mean, I used to drink that when I was younger. Yeah. Red Bull, like the large size sugar-free Red Bull or whatever. I'll drink that, that white monster can. I Whenever I drink in front of my kids, I say, I read the little tag, tagline that says, Unleash the Beast. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? Why are you unleashing the beast? As for snacks, I have to chew on sunflower seeds. Otherwise, I'll fall asleep and I don't eat a sweet snack. My sweet snack is teriyaki beef jerky.
0: I think for me, it depends on like it's changed over the years. When I was younger, it was tobacco, <laughs> both smoking or in the mouth. <laughs> is that your sweet or your savory? Both. <laughs> and some kind of like Mountain Dew. I was like, too young. I was too old to get the, to the extreme. That was, that was like well past my Mountain Dew drinking days. Or mellow yellow, because right. that was a more of a southern thing. Um, but it was usually like a, a, a double big gulp size of something that was non diet, fully loaded. Oh, yeah. God. I uh, just, sometimes
1: even a slushy. And then just. To, oh, yeah. With the chew in your mouth, just, just
0: slurping down the Or this cigarettes, thing. man. Smoking cigarettes with a fully loaded Coca Cola window down. God, life was so good.
1: Okay. So how, how is that? I mean, it has obviously changed. You're not much of a road trip guy, really. No, no, but that was, but I the mean, idea. That was a,
0: and I would say I don't like sunflower seeds because I mean, I, I used to eat them. I don't, in terms of chips, I've never been a chip while you eat kind of person, but I'm a French fry at a drive through kind of person, mm-hmm. but I'm not a chip kind of person. I've always been of the, the, the homeschooled, I'm mean, not the homeschool, like the provenance of uh, dried meats. Agree. Right. I'm not an Oberto person, right? That's garbage. That's hot garbage. Because if you're in the Midwest to the West, more than likely you're going to get one of those uh, Wild Bill Jim beef jerky. I've talked about this beef. any kind of beef jerky that looks like, well, that's been sitting there a long time.
1: <laughs> they have their own little case. Yes. Yeah. They've been there for a long, long, long time.
0: And I'm not afraid of a snap into a Slim Jim every once in a while.
1: Oh, I'll snap right into a oh, Slim yeah. Jim. Oh, yeah. I wish they'd make them longer. Feel like it increases my longevity.
0: <laughs> so the shelf stableness of the Slim Jim is by osmosis. I'm now
1: I'm observing. It's powers. like I'm eating the
0: souls of young people.
1: The more, if it can, if it can preserve this meat, it can yeah. preserve my meat too.
0: So I think younger. It was a lot, lot about that. I've never been a chips kind of person. Really, I just don't walk into a. Convenience store, gas station, be like, give me the chip and <laughs> ice cream. Who has? Who's eating
1: ice cream? You don't walk in, just say chip me, and the and the clerk just who, chips yeah, you whatever. Who's chip eating
0: is. ice cream? That's just out, no, you right? Ice cream. But I will tell you what I have been known to do. Sometimes you are like, hmm, that sketchy looking hot sandwich that's in there, no, or that didn't. slice of pizza that you shouldn't be eating. Uh, I'm, I'm game. I'm game, sir. Those wings that, sir. Oh yeah, I'd much rather eat that because listen. You're on a road trip. You are going to consume things you're never supposed to consume. I'm all part of the living in the moment. And I'm not lying. I'm not afraid. Which is why when I got to Asia and Japan, I'm like, oh, my God, this shit is delicious. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be terrible. It doesn't Uh matter. Any kind of fried ring chicken product. Again, like I I, I stay true to my love of that. But that was younger even till today. Right. Or if you go to like a seven eleven, they might the safest thing you can have is like one of those taquitos.
1: That just rolls also.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll never fail you. <laughs> never fail you. So again, I think today, probably like a, a, a diet soda, or if I need to stay up, a diet Red Bull, or you know, I might that's about it, you know. Yeah.
1: I am I don't I don't I think that we're on the same page. I'm not like a Rote driving is not like a opportunity for me to be like gorging on little Debbie's. I'm just like utility salty and. Yeah.
0: Caffeine. I'm not eating chips, but uh, oh, I will tell you the one chip that I am will do sometimes. And I don't know why there's some kind of siren call to me when I'm in a convenience store gas station and that's Chex mix. <laughs> I know. I know. And sometimes corn nuts. Because I love corn nuts, but the checks mix some for whatever reason is a compelling
1: snack. What's the best thing in a checks mix mix for you? The checks itself. The checks itself, right? Yeah. The I don't want any is. of that stuff. They should just mix checks
0: mix. They probably do. We're just not young oh, enough and yeah. watching TikTok to know where to <laughs> fucking buy it. <laughs> All right. All right. What do we got?
3: All right rank these nuts fellas peanuts (laughs) so offensive rank these nuts bro rank these nuts peanuts cashews almonds hazelnuts pecans Brazil nut this was uh, lifted off of Chris's Instagram at one point he uh, he actually took a mixed nut can and then just kind of ranked them out so let's let's see what you guys got
0: I mean Brazil I'm just gonna I'm not gonna rank them I'm just going to
1: uh, judge them Brazil nut nut is Fucking horrible shame! It's 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 a it's a it's it's a disgrace. It's too too big. (laughs) It's just too big. You might hurt your tooth. It's like a rugby ball. It's terrible. (laughs) It's just the worst. It's the it's it's a disgrace. The name of nut
0: pecan? No,
1: no pecan bad. That's what was I think it was my number. Yeah,
0: bad. But can I also tell you I I did uh, have pralines and cream because pecan is basically well.
1: Baskin, you know, from a, the son of Baskin
0: Robbins owners. That's a different thing. Pralience and cream is fucking
1: amazing. That's a little. That's a little pecan and a lot of sugar. So good. That's a, good, a, that is a. delicious a, ice cream. Cla-
0: but again, I think these Gen Z motherfuckers have no <laughs> idea what the hell they're missing.
1: Brilliance <laughs> and cream is amazing. It sounds. It's, it's for. It's for boomers, but it's delicious. Did I just say Gen Z, motherfuckers? Yeah, you did. Oh, shit. I think that uh, some of our meetings of last week are still in your mind. Is what's, what are the other three? Peanuts, almonds, and cashews? And, and no, hazelnuts. So, pecans. And no. Hazelnuts.
0: It's only good in chocolate. Agree. And again, I literally had my first Kinder Bueno. Man, that was one. so good. So the only nut that I care about is probably cashews. Cashews, number one. But the peanut is the, the king of nuts for me, mm. even though it's not a nut, it's a legume. It's a legume, and I'm gonna say this: Virginia does it the best. Virginia peanuts are the best, Donald. I'm sorry, Georgia.
1: Now I love, I love a roasted peanut no. on its own. Virginia peanut fried and pork fat. What? 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 Just available in store. You yeah. just. Oh go to- yeah!
0: If you if you drive through Virginia, you can get you know, fried peanuts and pork fat or peanut oil. Sometimes it's pork fat. Probably today it's mostly peanut oil, but you could get, growing up, you would have fried peanuts and there'd be tiny little blisters on them. Wow! They're not good to eat for you to begin with, but when they're fried, they're very healthy. And like my mom said, no fat. Pork fat, good for your skin, good
1: for your hair. I love an individual peanut in a mix. I don't like a peanut. I feel like a peanut is a packing peanut.
0: I will also say the almonds, uh, I will eat on their own, when they are uh, the Blue Diamond Smoked Almond.
1: Wow, Smoked, salty almonds. I mean,
0: talk about going to a time machine. I want to go back to the person that came up with that flavor because I don't like liquid smoke too much, but that liquid smoke on that almond, I don't even need to eat the almond. I actually want to just spit it out. (laughs) I just want to suck all the flavor off that that almond and just spit it out. And all, all the flavored almonds are fine fine. But the smokehouse flavor?
1: That's exceptional. I mean... Yeah, smoked almond is, is unbelievable.
0: In fact, I don't... I, I'm surprised that I have not seen like a halibut crusted in that shit. I'll eat that too. I mean, talk about white people catnip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Macadamia crusted halibut? No,
0: no, 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 no. Macadamia nut, I don't like. What do they crust it with? A crusted halibut? Now, if you... Some, I'm, so, we should Google this. I'm sure somebody said halibut crusted in... Blue Diamond smoke host, Smokehouse Almonds. They crush. So you grind up the Smokehouse Almonds and then you crust it in the halibut and then you pan roast that. Arisee that in some butter. <laughs> I bet you it would be delicious. Nobody's ever done that.
1: BlueDiamond.com Seared halibut with a romesco sauce. Blue Diamond Almonds.
0: mm Yeah. Nothing. Soon to be on a menu soon. All right. What do we got next?
3: All right, real quick. An overrated, underrated. Attending live things edition. Okay? So give me your overrated, underrated. A live tennis match. Overrated or underrated? Well, it's
0: the U.S. Open right now. And U.S. Open. There's a Fuku sandwich there. Mm. New CEO. She's doing awesome things. Hi, Claudia. Also, we're at the Commander Stadium this year. Oh, nice. Oh. A tennis match. When we first did food, at the, I'd never been to the U.S. Open. People know this, and I think this is really a sign of income disparity. (laughs) Because if you're going to go to a tennis match, more than likely, you have a lot of disposable income. And it's proven to be true because they spend so much money on food and beverage. People get shit-faced at tennis matches.
1: I didn't know. At all tennis matches or at the U.S. Open specifically?
0: I've only been to the U.S. (laughs) Open. And that's not true. I went to Wimbledon many, many years ago. And I'm where I saw mixed doubles, mixed, you know, senior mixed doubles, I believe. <laughs> I think those tenant, the, 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 those courts were outside the stadium. I was going to say, is that even <laughs> technically on the Wimbledon grounds? Yeah. <laughs> but people at the U.S. Open get blitzed. Yeah. So for that reason, I'm going to say underrated, mm-hmm. but also as a whole, Dennis is better on TV.
1: I've never gone to a live tennis match, but I, I, so my opinion is only informed by David Foster Wallace saying that tennis is better live. He says it's, it's, you have no idea how fast these guys are really moving. Well, but I have no idea. Well, that's not fair. He was a tennis fucking, <laughs> he was a tennis weirdo. He would have sure.
0: traded all of his literary <laughs> greatness to be a mediocre tennis player.
1: It's true. It's true. Club
0: pro tennis player.
1: <laughs> all right. What's next?
3: All right, next, we've got an NFL game in which you have no betting or rooting interest. Overrated or underrated. So you're just going because it's the NFL game.
1: I feel like betting interest would make me less likely to want to be at the game.
0: I do not like going to NFL games. Here's a shocker. I like watching it on TV. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, but at the same time, I do like going. Yes, if I, I do like going.
1: As an event, it's fun. As as if it's my
0: team, yeah. But I still don't know how to root for the Washington Football Team. I won't call them the Commanders. I don't know yet. It's a little bit like Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know how to feel about them because we've had. It's the you know it's a little bit like um you know uh, what are those recent movies with who's the girl woman in Twilight? What's her name?
1: Kristen.
0: Yeah. Kristen Stewart. Stewart. That, what's that Snow White movie she did? The Huntsman. The Huntsman. I feel like that. <laughs> where I'm like, the evil witch is dead. Now what? You know, I'm like, uh, it's like, I don't know. I had no idea where you maybe, maybe what my, you know, I'm sure I have some relatives in North Korea. It's like, well, I don't know what to do now. I mean, if like there was a merger of the two Koreas, I'm like, <laughs> let's not make the assumption that it's going to be awesome. Right. I, I don't know. Sure. So that's my feeling about the Washington football team. I don't know what to feel like because Dan Snyder...
1: But I'm sure there's a lot of fans who are the same, a lot of Washington So if you talk fans. about
0: just going to a game that you rooted for, then yeah, t- totally underrated.
1: I, th- I think as a, as a... If you're objectively watching a, uh, an NFL game that you're not... not have an active rooting interest for, watching football on TV is so much better.
0: Can I also say... Just as a total side note because we got to get out of here. The Jumbotron is overrated and has ruined going to sporting events yeah. because I just watch that now. Yeah. yeah. And what I loved about going back to the old RFK, no Jumbotron, no nothing. People, people, you were bringing radios, little radios with, you know, not even double head earphones, one. To hear the play, by like, play. like with the antenna just to hear what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Those are the days.
1: Oh my god,
3: Gen Z motherfuckers, you don't know anything. All right, all right. A theater slash play, overrated, underrated.
0: I've only been to one theater, one play. No, that like one play in my life. So I would say underrated for
1: me. Yeah, I think um, takes a little takes a little doing to get up for it.
0: No, I've been to more than one.
1: I love going to theater. I love it. I always feel, feel like you've done something good for yourself.
0: I will say the reason why it's underrated, and I actually want to say one. I, when I think about the reason why I think about it is to say one. There's only one play that comes to mind every time, and that was when Alfred Molina played um, Rothko in Red. Now, Red, I can't remember. It was a one-man play about Rothko, and it was
1: fucking amazing. Oh, that sounds insanely good. It was
0: so good. And basically, it, 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 it's like his journey up to making the art in the Seagram's building. And he was like, fuck you guys. I don't want to do this. Changes of mind. Whatever. Anyway, every time I think about that, I think about the feeling, like, oh, man, I should watch more plays.
1: And it never happens. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm saying. Funny. I think when you go, you're like, whoa, we should do this more. And then you're like, I would never do that again. <laughs> yeah, it never happens.
3: All right. All right. The opera.
0: I've never been to the opera, because so I couldn't tell you. Is, is is Les Mis an opera? No. No? No. Then I'm not, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what. Where would I watch an opera? At the opera. In New York? Where would I watch opera? Uh, at the opera. Where? Isn't there an opera house? Well, I know New-
3: in LA, you go to the Walt Disney um, Concert Hall. And they, uh, put op-
1: they play operas there?
3: Yeah, dude. Huge director there.
1: I went, to, I, went to, I went to one opera, and they were like showing subtitles, but they were in Italian. And I was like, what good is this for me? <laughs> I don't understand this. Is
0: the Ninth Symphony an opera by Beethoven?
3: No, that's What not
0: about opera. the end part? Oh, the joy, where you have all the people. <laughs> still not yeah,
3: an opera. Still not, still, still not an opera.
0: What is technically an opera, then? I don't know.
1: I mean, Carmen is an opera. Puccini- the fuck is that? The uh, wait, is, is West Side Story on opera? Is the, is the Ring Cycle an opera? Is the Wagner? No, I'm not being facetious here. I, I'm serious here. What, did what you the hell ask? is an
0: opera where people are wearing wigs and singing like uh like the three tenors, like Pavarotti the and tenors?
1: you, yes. but you keep well, on getting like,
3: close. Those are opera singers. Yes.
1: What so. is is the Ring Cycle an opera? Wagner? I think. Yeah. See, they don't that Nazi know. fuck. No, these <laughs> guys
3: don't know. These guys don't
1: know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wagner is. Definitely, yeah, an opera. So, how can you say "Ode oh, to Joy" is not an opera?
1: It's just not. An, it's like a symphony, right?
0: I think the last part is an opera.
1: Is it a rock opera?
0: <laughs> what is the uh, is is Rocky Horror Music Show? Uh, no, it's a musical. Is a musical. What's the difference between a musical and an opera?
3: Okay, so question. an opera is a dramatic work in one or more acts set to music for singers and instrumentalists. Okay, so it, and it's a, obviously it's a subgenre of classical music but like this is there's like a performance in multiple acts and I think a lot of it has to do with that also the classical music element.
0: all right that's it
1: I think it has to be underrated because I couldn't possibly rate it lower than I've rated it
3: so it's gotta be underrated I know
0: what I'm gonna make the loser of our fantasy football league team do
3: watch a fucking opera um, operas are also primarily sung with no spoken dialogue while most musicals intersperse songs with spoken dialogue so is, that's ka- is
0: kabuki an opera? because I've seen kabuki
1: mm. is that
3: Japanese that's opera? that's
0: definitely um, for me overrated peaking opera underrated And also apologies for the
1: cursing I'm really trying my best I was gonna say we gotta, we gotta do better what's next?
3: and the last one a live magic show overrated underrated underrated
1: a live magic show? Dramatically underrated. One of the most underrated things on the planet.
0: Can I tell you the truth? I mean, not just with like the r- late, great Ricky Jay, but I would say magicians are just my favorite people or a little mental. What's the difference between a mentalist and a magician? No, 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 no.
1: I don't know. There's a difference. I feel like a mentalist, is- well, they fine. do the
0: same stuff.
1: Fine. I think a mentalist has like more of like a, an aggressive, like, uh, it's, it's like, I don't like that when they're just like somebody died when your family, I'm sensing a J, a J is okay. No, oh, L, I L, think that's L, the, same L, thing. Do the same
0: thing. They do the same thing. They're no. the same. It's like a mentalist is basically like a Gen Z way of saying a magician
2: <laughs>
1: okay. All right. I'm with you on all the other Gen Z criticism. Gen Z has yet to weigh in on mentalists. <laughs>
2: or magicians, I know that's just dude. a Gen Z
1: way of saying <laughs> mentalists. And,
0: the boomers say magicians. That's basically what it is. But I, w- I want to know what makes, like, you know, NFL season's coming up and they're like, oh, you combine, they're fast, they got great hands, quarterback, they can process mm. information. What are, what makes a great magician? I think you clearly need sleight of hand, so you need great dexterity you need and great. hand-eye coordination. Yep. You need to have, like, fast twitch muscles for that yep. shit. Yeah. But, like... I the reason I asked this is like could I have been a great magician? Huh?
1: Huh? I don't think so.
3: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: Why why not? I don't think so. I think the other part of magic is I think part of my show is like, ah oh, fuck this. <laughs> Is this your card? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck this up. I don't It could have been. <laughs> I was
0: reading Hugo a story about Curious George, and again, the whole series Curious George is just like not something you should read kids anymore. My favorite version of Curious George is he's playing a magician to his family that stole him. And, and every time he's fucking up his tricks. No, excuse me, it wasn't Curious George. Was Paddington Bear. Or I can't remember. To, anyway, to his family that stole him, <laughs> sure,
1: okay? Sure.
0: I just it's funny when I'm, I I want to see a magician that screws up their tricks. That would be funny. <laughs> I Listen, like, when you go to a magic show, you're expecting the magician to do the right thing.
1: I, I, uh, super quick story. We were Jamie, my wife was talking to like some some school parent friend about, you know, Vegas and they're like Oh, we're going to Vegas for the first time in 10 years and we're going to see a show. And she's like, Oh, do you, do you like like shows in Vegas? She was like, Um, well, last time I we went to a, like a magic show in Vegas, uh, a performer died and we thought it was like part of the show, but they just like laid their dead on the stage. And she's like, wait, what's happening? And then they went to this one 10 years later and like a, somebody else got hurt on the stage. That's what they, I want to see. Like you want to see the mistake?
0: Yeah, man, I think magicians are amazing, and I I would love to learn. What I also want is just like how they do everything. That would be more thrilling to me than actually watching everything. Just tell me how you do everything.
1: Ooh, I saw a fun? I saw a TikTok where they did like slow mo on Slide of hands. You know, really
0: I cool. try. You know, I don't. I, no, 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 no.
1: I want to go to the Magic Castle. Have you been there? What's that? That's like the the place to see magic in L.A. It's like a crazy. I mean, institution.
0: I don't want to see. I don't want to see people like that. I think you would enjoy it. No, I want to see like the best of the best. These are the, these are the best. Magic Castle's super legit. It's the best of the best. There are no David Copperfield. <laughs> there are no David Blaine. And all the great magicians clearly have the name David.
1: <laughs> sure. Siegfried and David. <laughs> they weren't magicians. David and Ro- They were tiger mentalists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. All right, give us five stars. Yeah, that's it.